We are back in the captain's corner. That said the motion picture. Did you trick me? No, 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 no. We go through this every time with the motion pictures. S was forgotten. It was supposed to be a fancy way of saying we're watching the motion oh. pictures. Okay. Because there's a bunch of them. There's like nine of them. All right, but I'm keeping my eye on you, Doug. <laughs> Welcome back to the captain's quadrant. I'm your co-host, Joe Dove. And with us is always the captain's quadrant main man himself, Jason Roy Gaston. What is going on, my dude? It's been I, a while. Am, you were. I am sick. happy to be back. I was sick last week. I was <laughs> yeah. sick of you. Yes. No, 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 no. Not of me. You were sick. I heard you got stabbed. Is that what? That's true. Yes. Mm. Yes. That was my fault for delaying the kitty's dinner. Oh, yes. But that I have had her way with you. I have learned my lesson <laughs> and I promise it will not happen again. Good. Good. We don't want anything bad happening to you. Um, and we like the festive. <laughs> is that a representation of Battle Cat or one of your other kitty minions? Don't, no comment. <laughs> All right, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. I love the festive, the festive, colorful, uh, wonderful sweater you have. Isn't it wonderful? Oh, it's dirt. That's the wrong franchise. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, wrong franchise? Aren't they all the same movies? No, 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 no. That we're in Star Trek. You know, my mother actually sat down with me the other day and she said, do you know, I only just now figured out that Star Trek, Star Wars and Spaceballs are different. different and Spaceballs? I, I was like, okay, Star Trek and Star Wars, I can understand, but Spaceballs? Really? Spaceballs. I thought funny. Spaceballs was just a funny movie in the whole franchise. I didn't know. That's hilarious. Uh, I've got an, a relative that um, I just... Uh, recorded your high pitch voice. I'm going to use okay. that for a bumper. I can pitch. give you more if you want. <laughs> hey, um, Mickey Mouse is joining the public domain in three weeks. <laughs> we can do whatever we want to with him. Screw <laughs> <Are> you, buddy. <laughs> um, We're going to, he's going to star in some really bad horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He's, we have Green Boat blood. Willie. <laughs> we have Pooh, Blood, and Honey. And then we have. Uh, Poo, blood, and honey. That was what was wrong with me last week. Oh, whoa. that sounds a lot of pain. That was <laughs> um, an interesting cleanup. It must have been. The, the pain that you went through uh, was then covered in joyous bliss that was Star Trek IV, the one with the whales. Indeed it was. <laughs> because if you know anything about me, you know. That although some people choose Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, as the best Star Trek movie, my personal favorite, the one that I believe represents the pinnacle of Star Trek motion pictures, is Star Trek IV, The One with the Whales. The One with the Whales. All right, well, let's hop into it. Thanks. <laughs> Oh man, and there's no blood this time, so everything went really well for you this week, right? Yes, yes, so far, <laughs> yeah. so far. But the so far. night is young. <laughs> we'll keep you posted. Uh, yes, Jason, tell us your first contact with this movie, and this is going to be, I guess, uh, down memory lane. Right? Little yes, yes. Uh, believe it or not, I did not see this movie in theaters. Oh, and it was not by choice. Uh, I lived in a very small town. We were about <laughs> an hour's drive away from the nearest movie theater, so. Going to a movie theater was not a flash-in-the-pan idea for us. We had to basically plan an entire day around it. 
Mm. And uh, the first Star Trek movie that I did see in theaters was Star Trek three. And of course I, I loved it. I think it's a very underrated movie. I agree. Um, my uh, older cousin who is not a Star Trek fan came into the house one day and was like, have you seen Star Trek four? And I said, no, I haven't. I haven't been able to watch it. It's the greatest movie I've ever seen. And wow. I hate Star Trek. Wow. And then he kind of gave me a synopsis against my will. Like, yes, they go back in time and they have to they have to kidnap whales. And it's amazing. Um, I didn't get to see it. A lot of my friends did. And they all had the same opinion that it was a terrific movie. I didn't see it till it came out on video. And after my brain melted from the previews, whenever I found out that there was a new series coming on television called Star Trek The Next Generation, mm. because that, that commercial was on the original VHS, oh. I watched it and I instantly fell in love with this absolutely fan darn tastic movie wow um for me i absolutely love this movie Rewatching it recently when i look back in time i think this was like I, it was either three or four that was the first one my mom took me to and it became a tradition for years we would always go to the star trek movies um three or four or five one of them. and uh because this one came out in 89 right uh, 1986. Oh, 86. No, so mm -hmm. so I might have seen this in Rhode Island with my dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's another story. But I feel like we've uh, turned into <laughs> some childhood trauma here. So yeah. let's let's just continue. <laughs> let's uh, let's forget about that. Uh, would, you, would you like to hear more about my bowel movements last week? <laughs> they were quite interesting. Yes. Um, I think whenever it <laughs> let loose, all I could hear was a Scotsman screaming, "There be whales here!" <laughs> uh i am pretty sure that um i had good memories of this movie but i think so rhode island and new york are very different when it comes to theater experiences in new york you get like a, a soundtrack in the movie that's not part of the movie or in the movie it's the audience that's giving you the soundtrack in rhode island they're pretty quiet and just, everybody's hush but the seats are not as comfortable very stiff i mean back in the day and nowadays everything's kind of copacetic and it's all fluffy and cushy but back then it was a rough 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 time and i am pretty sure i probably didn't pay attention to it but what i do remember watching this is buying it on uh vhs because i had the, the i had my own quest and i had to get all of the films on vhs and i no longer have any of them on vhs but we had this thing called Suncoast, and I made it a pilgrimage of mine. You remember Suncoast? I remember Suncoast. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if it made it on the other side yeah, of the state. We, we had it in uh, the DFW area, and whenever mm -hmm. I lived there between uh, 2003 and 2014, I got to watch it rise and fall. Oh, yeah, same. So <clears throat> uh, it was really big in the mall, and my mom used to take me via the number 40 bus the good old days of being on the 40 bus it would be an hour and 20 minutes to go on a, what would be a 20 minute car ride <laughs> to suncoast in the big mall r.i.p mall um which is now an apartment building and i remember getting that movie and i love star trek uh, i remember watching the marathons with my mom so i wanted to see this one and i finally went and got that vhs and watch it and remember being when are they fighting in space what is going on why is it and being impatient and wanting wrath of khan basically um but 
I watch it now as an adult, and this was a very lighthearted film. It's very good, and I gotta say, this was a this was far lower on my list of Star Trek movies, and now it's far higher. So going back and rewatching this has been quite an experience. So, without further ado, let us say hello to everybody in the chat. Ooh, we got uh, Cosmic Mom. Was Jason out sick last week because he survived a Moopsie attack? Well, yes. <laughs> much. If the Moopsie was on my insides, yes. Yes, I did. Mm, yes. Uh, the one with the whales, indeed. Hey, the one with the whales. It's VHS Jace. Thank you for filling in last week, buddy. Uh, have a great show, guys. Fun movie talk about tonight. Indeed. Indeed. And then Damon agreed with you, of course. Of course he does. I'm right. <laughs> uh Damon, as we know, is our good buddy who we interviewed. He was the background actor for um Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and he recently was in another film, uh, another show with uh our good buddy and everybody's beloved uh champion of SNL, and that is Adam Sandler. And then our Aaron Sugar says hello, Admiral. There'd be a podcast about whales here. <laughs> and then the sci-fi queen says, hello, gentlemen. Hello, sci-fi queen. Hello. And then Aaron Sugar says, I heard Jason was in the hospital. The doctor gave him a pill and he grew a new kidney. Oh, sweet. It's fully functional. There we fully go. <laughs> All right. So let's get into a sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Yes. The pros and cons of this film. Now, I am going to give you a very short list of the cons, and I thought that the con of this film, not Ricardo Montalban, but the the pace of it was a little slow. Uh, I felt that, like, ironically, Picard season two, being on past Earth, kind of was the main gist of the 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 probably eighty percent of the movie was in the past and after a while i'm especially looking at it now i was like oh god everything was so dirty back then is that how we lived in the 80s jace yes i never made it to new york city in the 80s but yes oh it was dirty over there wow it's it was that, it's that charming 80s grit uh we were talking about this myself and vhs jace whenever we were talking about cue the winged serpent oh yes about how you know, the night and and the Muppets take Manhattan, how those movies serve as a time capsule before the uh, the pre Disney days of New York City. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just charming and dirty and you still get a whiff of it every now and again. Whenever you walk through Times Square, you know, you're like, hmm, smells good. Ooh, hot dogs. Ooh, donuts. Ooh, pee. You know, just <laughs> that's very true. As yeah. somebody who goes to New York City almost every day. I can tell you a lot of the dirt's there, but it's different. Like the there's not so much paper dirt anymore. Like there was tons of like when those garbage men were picking up the garbage and the ship landed and they were like, I didn't see nothing and neither did you let's go. There was so much like debris of trash. And most of that trash was large pieces of paper. And I was like, huh, look at that. What's that? Really it's that San Francisco dirt. It's, yeah, a, it's all different over there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I really thought the, the biggest pro of this movie was the humor. It was very mm -hmm. lighthearted. As I said previously, but every and everybody got their time to shine. Everybody had something to do. Everybody was involved in the big overall plot. The subplots were just the other characters getting their pieces together. You needed the 
uh, transparent aluminum, which doesn't really exist. Uh, so we got our wonderful. It, it does but, now. It does. It does. Yes. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. We have transparent aluminum. We have transparent aluminum. Yes. Really? Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, at the time it didn't exist. That's um, because Scotty gave it to us. Oh, so. Okay. Well, well hmm. <laughs> I've blown your mind. And yeah, I, like I was it. like, ah, I remember looking it up and going, is that real? Uh, Aluminum oxynitride. Oh, look at that. How about that? My mind is officially blown. So we got pseudoscience that became real science. Once again, Star Trek, thank you for uh, fakely inventing something that became an invention later on. So woohoo. Thank you, Scotty. Uh, thank you, Scotty. And then the plot with Chekhov and them having to rescue him from the hospital was so fun, uh, especially when McCoy runs up on the woman and's like, oh, my God, they have you on dialysis? What's wrong with these? And he gives her the pills and everything's good. <laughs> One of my favorite pros is seeing this actor playing uh, the Klingon ambassador. Oh, do, you, yes. do you remember his uh, name? His name is John, and I cannot remember what his last name is. Smith. No. Smith. <laughs> Smith. John but, Smith. John Smith. But his passion in delivering that large point, you will never have peace until Kirk is dead. It was like, I always like Starfleet regulations. That's outrageous. <laughs> yeah. I loved this guy so much. He was I, I actually memorized his whole speech one time and and like delivered it in in a in a college acting class. John really? Chuck, there we go. Thanks, yes. Aaron. Yes. Behold the quintessential devil in these matters, James T. Kirk, renegade and terrorist. Not only is he responsible for the death of a Klingon crew not, or the theft of a Klingon vessel, see now the real plot of intention. I loved that speech so much. He was very good. It definitely was. was. And that is uh, quite impressive. So I'm going to give you a round of applause of for that. Of course, and I totally deserve it. <laughs> and I was so happy to see him, John Shuck, yes, return John Shuck. in uh, Star Trek VI. It was such a great surprise when he popped up and he goes, ah, they've done this. I'm like, ah, it's him! <laughs> it's that guy! And uh, we had another returning person that was in 2 and 6, and that's our buddy, Brock Peters. Yes, he well, now was he the same character? Was he the same admiral? You think he he was the same admiral? It was Admiral Cartwright? Oh, Cartwright, rolling, yeah, rolling, rolling. He's those doggies roll. Sorry, wrong Cartwright. Cartwright, uh, yes, 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 it was. Uh, you might say it was a uh, bonanza for him. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, Cartwright, uh, was ended up being the villain, but that's because they couldn't bring. And they couldn't give peace a chance. In and Kirstie Alley wouldn't come back to play Savick. <laughs> yes, Kirstie <clears throat> Alley wouldn't come back to play. Oh, she. You think she would have been in part of the plot too? Oh, she was totally going to be. Romulus Valer Spy. Valeris was supposed to be Savick. Right. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah, I knew. but we're uh, talking about the wrong movie, though. We are. We are. We're, we're talking about the one with the whales right now. Yes. And uh, one of my favorite scenes of this movie of all time. It's always going to be. The Vulcan nerve pitch to the heart punk rock guy. Absolutely. I hate you. <laughs> now, I believe you were the one that told me that he actually wrote that song and did this. He movie. did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's got actually quite a resume on him. Oh. Uh, Kirk Thatcher. Kirk Thatcher. Yes. Kirk Thatcher. Uh, he did write I Hate You and the reprise, mm -hmm. uh, which played during that unfortunate 
season of Star Trek Picard, which <laughs> I don't care. It was good to see him again. I know it didn't make sense, but it was good to see him again. Mm -hmm. um, but he did write it and um, he works for before he was uh, in this movie. He worked for Industrial Light and Magic as a props maker and sculptor. And he actually worked on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Three. The oh. biggest uh, contributions that he made was the SETI eel that dug itself into Chekhov's ear and Spock's coffin and the Klingon monster dog. Oh, shoot. I am. And the most imp the most impressive thing, and I bet nobody out there knows this. And if you say you did, you're a liar. You're a liar. Uh, in the uh, in the short treks episode, Ephraim and Dot, the animated one. OK, was the narrator. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that for sure. That is yes. amazing. So he is a uh, he's a very well-rounded, versatile actor, performer and creator. And uh, I think it's I think he's just a cool dude. I'd love to meet him one of these days. Uh, apparently uh, in the chat, our buddy Aaron Sugar says uh, Thatcher is God. Yeah. And apparently he's also very nice. And Geek Filter, hello, good to see you, my friend. He works for Jim Henson. Yes. Look uh, I, I also just found this out right now, that if you look at uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, oh. he plays a homeless man. Oh, wow. Well, so, uh, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to go back and rewind that and watch mm, that. that. Rewind, I'm such an antiquated term for an antiquated fellow. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I watch this, rewinding and everything. Um, all right. What are your pros and cons for this movie? My pros are that I don't believe this movie has any cons. Wow. Uh, it's like it's slowing the down. The only bit. thing that I would point out as a con is not even the movie's fault. It's the okay. fact that if you go into this movie blind, mm -hmm. you're going to wonder why they're not on the Enterprise. And Kurt gives a very quick log entry, kind of explains everything. But I, I really think that's it. Um, I also think it's unfortunate that they that they dump Robin Curtis off on Vulcan and just kind of leave her there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the last we ever saw of her. Yeah. And um, Robin Curtis, who is also a super nice person. She was at Jeez. the very con I ever, the very first con I ever went to oh, with wow. Mark Leonard in 1996. Ooh. Somebody asked her, what is Savick doing these days? What do you think she's doing? And she sat there for a minute. She goes, I think she's still waiting on that rock with Mark Leonard. And Mark Leonard's over there going, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I know that they needed to get the number of characters down, but it just seems to me that uh, just leaving Savick there was kind of weird mm. because I don't think that she would have gotten arrested if they'd brought her in or at least have her show up at the end. Yeah. But oh, good. I, you yeah. made it back with the whales. Yay. Yep. You, hey. know, you know, it's, it's, Savick's here to offer testimony remotely because she's on, she's still on Vulcan and, you know, she's on the big screen, like give him the chair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I honestly, the pacing, the humor, the music, I know a lot of people don't like the music. I love the music. No, the music was fine. It was this, cool. this movie is so incredibly unique to Star Trek. It's just, it feels totally different from anything they had ever done before. Mm. And yet feels like Star Trek. It feels like it belongs. And not only does it belong, it represents, in my opinion, the best they've ever done. And it's not just my opinion. There was a fellow. Oh. His name was Gene. Gene. And uh, Gene Simmons? also said, probably, <laughs> uh, Gene also said that he felt that this was one of the only times that they managed to get his idea for Star Trek right. Wow. So 
yeah, Star Trek four, in my opinion, has no cons. It is the perfect Star Trek movie. It is a lighthearted comedy. It is a science fiction adventure. It is a race against time. It's, it has a wonderful progressive message to it. And I think the most refreshing thing of all is that there is no villain. Yeah. Well, no, 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 there is no villain. It's the, the, they were just there to give us a ticking clock. Mm. And they didn't know any better. They have children at home. All right. They have to <laughs> feed their feel like it. They don't like whale. <laughs> yeah, they don't, no, they love whales. That's the problem. Yeah. We only love whale too much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving the movie more credit than it deserves. But the humpback whale population on Earth has rebounded since oh, 1986. Did. Yeah, one could say that one of the reasons why that happened was because Star Trek four was a humongous success adjusting for inflation. It's one of the most successful Star Trek movies of all time. Interesting. I believe that this movie and I can't prove it. This is just my opinion. I believe this movie raised enough awareness to where people were like, why are the humpback whales going extinct? What's going on with that? And I will fight Till my dying breath to say the reason why we have more humpback whales now than we did in 1986 is because of this movie. I won't argue with that at all. That um, would be wise. Yeah, I mean, that's that. But uh, <clears throat> the reason why I won't argue with that is because uh, simultaneously, one of my favorite bands is a band called Yes. And then they said, don't Who? kill the whale. Yes. Who? Yes. Who? The Yes, the band. Yes. The band? Yes. Who? <laughs> yes, the band. The band. The band, yes. The band is called Yes? Correct. The band is called Correct. No, no, the band is called Yes. Who? No, Yes, not Who. Who's a different band? Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> We're talking about the band. The band called Yes. So, the band. Yes. Who's the band? Yes is the band. Yes is the band. Correct. Then who's correct? <laughs> you are because you said yes is the band. Okay, see, let's end it right there. I'm correct. <laughs> uh, I think we could have gone longer on that one. I don't know. But uh, they came out with an album called Don't Kill the Whale, and it was one of their big songs at that time. So I was always before after two before after 1986. That is a great question, and I am going to answer that. Really quickly, like just just give me one second. I'm I'm racing you. Oh my god! Actually, it was released in 1978, so a little bit before this movie. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, but you know what? The humpback whale population didn't start rebounding in 1978, did it? That's true. No, it did not. It went down. So I like to think that the Who actually killed more whales. Yes, not the Who. Yes. Wait, yes, kill? Well, no, they, they said don't kill the whale. Yeah, but you know what? They probably sang it in a way where it was badly mixed, and all that people heard was <laughs> kill the whales. Kill the whale. Kill the whale. Uh, guess who? Uh, no, the the other thing about the whales, the them getting them on the ship, the little bird of prey did not look big enough to put those humpback whales on. I always. It always baffled me. It was like, wait a minute, how are they going to put them on? Because that, like, they, I feel like they don't really have that much space because the, the wings are so thin 
and then you got the big like front hull of the uh <laughs> the the whole front of the the bridge section and it's also one of the firing spot but then the rest of it's kind of dinky so i was like how are they going to get them on there did they shrink them well, here's the thing. I'm actually looking for the video right now because I want to make sure that I credit the person who who made this YouTube video. Oh, nice. But of course, now I can't find it. So now I'm going to look like a complete idiot. Uh, somebody went and took the dimensions of a bird of prey. Oh, the dimensions of a of a fully grown humpback whale and found out that the bird of prey actually did not have enough room to I carry right. two humpback whales. Baby! <laughs> Look um, at that. But here's the thing. The Enterprise doesn't have enough room for a vertical intermix chamber and a, and a uh, turbo lift shaft either. Ooh, wow. And uh, it also doesn't have enough room for two torpedo tubes next to each other. And the model, the, the, the bridge on the original series doesn't work unless you rotate it 15 degrees because of where the, the turbo lift shaft is on the outside of the model. Uh, here's the thing about all of that. Wow. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? All right, no one cares. Well. No one's out there with measuring tape, measuring the whales and a, an imaginary alien spaceship that turns invisible. Yeah. That's... No one cares. It's all suspension right. of disbelief. If Very you can well. believe that a pointy eared man can, can die and get better you can believe that a that a humpback whale can right fit on, on a, an imaginary invisible spaceship. All right, very well. I uh, just want to take a quick second to say hello to our good buddy Brian, who is Ghosthead sixty eight. Hey, what's hey. up, buddy? Um, yeah, the, he is a great three D printer. Uh, you can reach out to him for some of those wonderful needs, as well as uh, our good buddy, Encapsulated International. We appreciate you the work you did there. And of course, uh, the guy who made our badges, and they are pretty awesome. Did, did you fix yours? There was nothing wrong with it. Oh, okay, great. I just, I just wasn't wearing it. And I just remembered. Oh, I should probably wear it. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Uh, Cover up that ugly tie fighter with it. <laughs> wrong sci-fi show. Um, yes. So. Before you begin. The mm -hmm. video is by E.C. Henry, who has an incredible YouTube channel that not only covers Star Trek, but also um, other things. Oh, uh, but yes, it is a great he does. It is called Stuffing Whales into a Spaceship. Mm. But yes, it's uh, gives you more information than you could possibly want about this subject. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Geek Filter says there's also an emergency lift that goes up the nacelle struts. That wouldn't work either. No. Mm. Not unless it's like a, a one person lift and you got to stand sideways. Yeah. I guess that's what they have in the O'Berths and in the California class. Who knows? Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. But hey, it's science fiction. Suspend your beliefs. And yeah, who cares? Oh, the fiction of it all. Um, one of the things that I did enjoy in this is the design of the whale probe. Mm. And yes, it, uh, I thought the cylindrical shape and the little balls at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, kind of are coming out by emulating light was super cool. Uh, the sound that it made was really cool as well. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and it obliterated everything in its path. So I thought that was super cool. I, I think that's one of the the standout moments of this film. It's just there's nothing they could do. Like the it was changing the atmosphere of Earth and just completely shutting down. Not only spaceships, 
not only um, alien vessels and space stations, but it was shutting planets down. This thing was no joke, and we only saw it in one film. Yeah, uh, I've always wondered where it came from, but if you wonder where it came from, there's actually a novel written by uh, Margaret Wayner Bonanno called Probe that explains its origins. Although, don't ever ask her to sign it for you because she'll probably throw it at your face because uh, wow. uh, Pocket Books like, took it away from her and changed everything, so she was very upset about that. Wow. Uh, speaking of which, I, I do have a con that I do have okay. to talk oh, about. Okay, great. And, and that is that there was not enough scenes in the 24th, uh, 23rd century involving spaceships. I, I am... Yeah. I am a little upset about that, but, and I'm giving a shout out to another YouTube channel. Uh, JTVFX has a video called Star Trek for the Voyage Home, the probe recreation, where he reimagines the probes uh, encounter with the Saratoga and the probes uh, eventual arrival at Earth. But in between, he actually has a scene that he put in that shows Starfleet trying to intercept the uh, the probe and you see a, a you see a constitution class in the fleet you see uh, a a constellation class like Picard's stargazer and all these other uh 23rd century starfleet ships trying to stop this probe and all of them basically just failing miserably um here's a fun fact for you by the way love those in uh star trek 4 we see a distress call from the USS Yorktown yes uh, where oh. we see our very first South Asian captain, by the way, yeah, uh, talk about how their ship is damaged and they don't have any life support and they're going to put up a makeshift solar cell to generate electricity to keep them alive. The plan apparently did not work and they all died. Oh, because that's the ship that became the Enterprise A at the end. No way. So they were like, all right, just clean up all these yeah, just, dead people. Just, and then just we'll open just up a window, them. let them all get sucked out, repaint the hull registry. Let's give it to Kirk. If he asks what the weird smell is, just say you don't smell anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously? That's what they did? I was always wondering because I was like, I know they said that they renamed the, the Yorktown to the Enterprise A, but damn, I didn't know it was yeah. that Yorktown. Yeah, that's the Yorktown. And, oh. you know, the reason why that captain was wasn't there going, excuse me, I believe this is my ship. It's because he it's because he did. He did. He did. Everyone's oh. dead. Hey, we need a We need another crew for this ship right now. I don't know. Give it to Kirk. No, <laughs> nobody wants to. Nobody wants to drive around in that cursed ship. Oh, wow. <coughs> now, that is a detail that I, a, I missed, of course, and B is so deep deep dive into yes, Trek. Indeed. Oh my God. That's so cool. And was it also the Yorktown that was in um, the Picard fleet that uh, was sitting there? Uh, probably not the same one. No, no, no. I don't think it was the same, <laughs> but the same name. Uh, I, there probably was York. They, they like to use the name Yorktown quite a bit yeah. in Star Trek because the enterprise originally was going to be called the Yorktown. And, oh, you know, thank goodness they didn't, because it's like, this is Captain James T. Kirk of the Yorktown. <laughs> doesn't work. And ironically, that's one of the towns near my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Yorktown. That's fascinating. Isn't that? It is. Yes. <laughs> that's probably what they named all these ships after. Probably so. It's such a pretty city. Um, <laughs> it is. I swear. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I've just never been. Well, I'm just going to bring up one of the things that our good buddy Jace gave to us, and that is something that's been bugging me about this uh, thing that they could have done, and it is, of course, the... 
missed opportunity. What the hell was that? That was the missed opportunity bumper. Isn't that awesome? No, that's I, I'm out for one week and you're putting in new bumpers. I don't I don't know if yeah, I like that. We, we want to upgrade. It's always wow. um, it's good to grow. Missed opportunity in Star Trek 4. I believe one of the biggest missed opportunities in Star Trek 4 was, of course, all these ships that just get obliterated. We could have seen other ships fall under the tell. Yes. I think uh, you brought it up first that we should have seen some type of other spaceships. We had a very lacking. Everything was on the teleprompter or computer screen, and we saw captains going, oh, we in trouble, Doc, help! You know, um, I thought it would have been really cool to see other like uh, Romulans and and Klingons and other species that the Tellarites or, or something, even Vulcans just bow down to this whale probe. And I, <laughs> I could just see that, you know, the Vulcans are sitting there, the probe comes by and they're just like, Captain, there appears to be some kind of, some kind of powerful wave coming from the probe. Oh no. <laughs> please, please control yourself. Science officer. I apologize for my outburst. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool. I thought it was a missed opportunity to not have other ships. Just like, oh man, this thing is a menace. And just like further build the suspense and power of this thing. I thought it would have been really cool if we had other species also like kind of fall under its power. Science but, officer, are we screwed? Yes, Captain. We appear <laughs> to be screwed. We are very screwed, Captain. Uh, I th I thought that that was a missed opportunity. Is there anything that you would consider a missed opportunity for Star Trek Four? Oh goodness, a missed opportunity. Um, I I did mention that I wish that we would have seen more of the twenty third century, but of course, at the same time, also I have to understand they did have a budget. What? And they, they I think that they spent their budget very uh, very wisely. Mm. Um, there was a scene that George Takei uh, speaks about where um, it would have taken place right before or after they noticed the big yellow pages advertisement. Yes. Uh, but he would have come across, uh, they, they were, they would have been in, in San Francisco's Chinatown at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would have come across a young Asian boy oh. who would have been lost or something. And they would have taken him home and in doing so, you know, George, I'm sorry, George, not George, uh, <laughs> Sulu, Sulu, yeah. Sulu bonds with this boy and they become friends. And as they drop him off, um, the uh, the woman, the mother says something uh, in uh, Japanese, I believe, or Chinese. I'm not sure. I'm Sulu's Japanese, right? Yeah, Sulu is okay. Japanese. So I, I'm sorry, I got that ethnicity wrong. Okay. Um, so Sulu, Sulu hears them say something in Japanese and he he kind of goes like that and Scotty asks him what's wrong he goes that is my great 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 grandfather oh wow and so he helped his great great grandfather get home oh that's awesome it's a double <laughs> voyage home that's a missed opportunity yes. so i i don't know i would have loved to have seen that scene um apparently the uh the young actor who they got to play sulu's great 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 grandfather uh Wanted too much money and couldn't afford him. No, he he was there, but the the kid's mom was apparently very domineering, mm. and the kid couldn't concentrate, and the kid became very emotional because he was like eight. Oh, and uh, they had to end up just scrapping the scene because they didn't have time to to shoot it anymore. Wow. And uh, Takei says that that is one of the things that he regrets most is that that scene wasn't there. And I I love George Takei, and if that and scene was special to him, I would have loved to have seen it. So I think it's sad that it it just never got shot. 
I agree. That, <clears throat> that's a missed opportunity that I didn't even know about. And yes. I'm sorely missing that uh, scene. That would have been so cool. Is there a director's cut that you know of of this movie? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> there's a director's edition, but uh, that's what I had on Laserdisc. Is yes, I had a Laserdisc. Wow, Sun Coast. 90s, I was yeah, Sun Coast. I was I was very uh, you know I was all in it, super in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's no. This scene was just never shot. Period. Wow. Yeah, they, they 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 just could not do it. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, and I think it's time to fire at will. Fire well. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, it's wonderful. It is yeah. so wonderful. So the HS Jace is a demented man, and I'm so glad we know him. Yes, so glad he's our friend. Uh, so we did say hi to a lot of folks. Um, we also had a other a couple of other wonderful comments from our buddy Damon. What an iconic scene in Star Trek. Uh, there's a lot of iconic scenes in, in Spider-Man. He's holding a boombox as well. That's yeah, of course he is. Yeah, that makes sense. He is. right on. That's, that's where Kirk Thatcher holds his power. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Savick is busy raising Spock's kid. Oh, that's right. Because he pawned fart her. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Did they He's ever the... say anything about that? Vulcan in the streets, Klingon in the sheets. Oh, boy. Oh my goodness, that would be a, that would be a really cool backstory they could do. There's going to be a book from Greg Cox about true crime podcasts centering on the disappearance of Doctor Jillian. Taylor. That's going to be amazing. Greg Cox is a terrific author too. Oh, these are oh okay. I thought no. he was just joking. That no, awesome. no. Greg Cox wrote uh, the Q trilogy, which oh, I wow. think is just a fantastic set of books. That's crazy. I didn't even. <laughs> that uh that exists that makes a lot of sense to have like oh, i'm gonna go to the future with you agreed i can't really nitpick this movie it was an awesome all over well i just think the jason 100 percent agrees with you i just think the middle piece of it kind of dragged on a little bit it could have wrapped up the way you, it it's okay i think her former boss took the phone. oh that really honestly that really? actually works yeah yeah. But you know what? He was probably embezzling money anyway. He was pro he probably sold George and Gracie to the Russians. Probably. Probably told them exactly where to find them. Here's the radio frequency. Just give me a cut. He deserved it. I hope he Ooh, went wow. I hope he gave him the chair. I hope they put that in the book. That's yes. that's a really good like sub sub yeah. subplot. You know, like, oh yeah, hey, tell you what, guys. Here are the whales. Go over there and harpoon away. Uh I told them they need to do a real podcast along with the book. But he said that's beyond my technological abilities. Greg, Tell him to reach out Greg, to Greg. Yeah. Call us. Call us. Yeah, we'll we'll call have you right in here. We'll we'll stop the agony booth and just have a whole yeah. season with you, bro. Like, let's go. Uh, Jillian I, I Taylor was a Jillian Taylor was a a caring marine biologist at the Cetacean Institute in San Francisco, but one day she disappeared along with her whales. There have been many theories. Some say that she couldn't live without them and went to go join them in a watery grave. Others say her fate was more sinister and mysterious. Join us on this 18-part podcast as we discover what happened to Jillian Taylor, the whale woman. Affirmative. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. And Jillian walked out one night and never suspected a thing. Her boss had been following her, you know, like, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. We could totally do that. Uh, was, the it, novel 
Was it her boss or was it the mysterious stranger who wouldn't pay for his own damn pizza? <laughs> the novelization has a translation. Novelization has a translation of what the probe was trying to say. Hey! <laughs> anyway! Hey! I'm, uh, hey! <laughs> hey! That's what it said. I don't think they can hear us. Turn it up. <laughs> hey! <laughs> If you're listening to this in the podcast only, I'm very sorry for the loud noises this week. Oh, and your kitty, and you're missing out on the kitty. You should go visit our YouTube so you can see this cute little kitty. Uh, the very wonderful furry friend of Jason Roy Gaston is a she, nice uh, she did not like me screaming, so she put her claws into my leg and was like, uh, Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about the one with the whales. Yeah. She knocked yeah. off my tin too. Oh my oh my goodness. Where did you that. where did you go? Come here. She's gonna go toss it around on the floor for sure. Probably. The rest yeah. of it's here. Hold on, excuse me. No worries. I, I hope I don't make this too alluring for you. <laughs> oh, the most the most PG 13 rated episode of Captain Squadron mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um following uh where is Jillian Taylor? We will have a uh We'll have our OnlyFans presentation. There you go. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I had the show on in the background while my aide was working on me. My aide, Jackie, says, you guys are funny. Well, tell Jackie we appreciate it. Absolutely. And to like and subscribe. <laughs> and then we guess who? We almost went back to that part. And then, uh, okay, we get it. <laughs> Easy up, Matt. No, never, never. Oh, man. You'll have to kill us first. Like... Jillian's boss killed her. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Jackie loved the offhand comment about New York being quaint and dirty. Yes. Yeah. Not as much as it used to be. It's no, a no. place now that it's been Disney-fied. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There isn't enough space. It's TARDIS technology. That's uh, inside than it is on the outside, like indeed. my stomach. <laughs> There's also an emergency lift. That, oh, we, we talked about that one. We're, we're, we can't rerun comments. We can't rerun the comments? Why no. not? Uh, just because they changed the ship doesn't mean everybody on the ship died. Really? Know. Which crew members carried over? All right. There you go. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although Mr. Scott's guide to the Enterprise says that the Tahoe got the change to the Enterprise. A. interesting. No, I like, I like my theory better. <laughs> I like mine better. It's a ship of the dead. That's why it was cursed in Star Trek five. Mm, the DVD commentary has that Shatner and Nimoy together talking over the movie. Yeah, well, that's how we commentary. Yeah, but I want to. I I want to watch it now because I don't think I have that version. No, so, this is the one about the whales, is it not? I yeah. didn't understand this one, but I read the words on the script, and it seemed other people liked it. Please let me direct the next one. I said, please. <laughs> Please <laughs> let me direct the next one and I will give Jillian Taylor back. But hey, he wait. never did. Jillian yeah, whatever Taylor happened remains to her? missing to this day. <laughs> well, now we know she is uh unsolved murders or unsolved her murders. her and Savick are sitting together on a rock on Vulcan, just like oh, they'll be by any minute now. <laughs> any day, any day. Uh she was last seen assaulting her former boss outside the Citations too. She was last seen assaulting a whale killer. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Brought, Brought to you by Better Health and Square Space. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good one. That's very that's, good. That is good. That is that good. is very good. That is very good. Floof. 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 She's still, she's still clawing my leg. She's still here. Oh yeah. yeah. We're talking Come about here. Hello. 
Oh, you'll find you know the movie better than either of them. Oh, I'm sure I do. Mm. I don't think that they watch it twice a year. Of course, if I was in a movie, I don't think I'd watch it twice a year either. I have too much good stuff. Oh, God, I don't want to watch it. No, I, I, I was in nothing. I'm just kidding. I'd watch the heck out of it. Yeah, I'd be mean, like, ah, look at me, man, that's Starship. Look at me, go, baby. Look, kitty, look at daddy. <laughs> yeah, I'd be grabbing Teddy. Come on, Teddy, look at no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I've got to know the quintessential good feel good movie of the Star Trek series is obviously Star Trek Four. What yes. do you consider to be the antecedent to that? What is the worst? Star Trek movie for you. The feel bad Star Trek movie? Yes. Um, the one that you're like, oh no, not again. Well, that would be a movie where they decide to go dark. And uh, there's a couple of them on there. But here's the thing Star Trek 4 is so good. Mm -hmm. You would have to find a movie that's like super dark to cancel it out. I guess the one that comes closest to me is Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, wow. Because it goes to some very dark places. And it's also not a good movie. I disagree. I enjoy the hell out of that movie. The echo over the voice. <laughs> ah, but this is a very dark movie. I mean, there's so much death in that movie. I think that's the most deaths I've ever seen in Star Trek. Because I think people got like flung out of the ship. Oh, yeah. Well, not not counting all the people who died on the Yorktown. Oh, yes, that's right. This is I, I just like to think that as Captain Kirk was exploring the new Enterprise A, there were people back there with big brooms. Just like, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Like, Get these... Get these frozen body parts into the into the replicators. <laughs> replicators, you, you know they got to recycle matter. Oh my god, they're waste eating. not, want not. Oh no, how's you that ham? About, you you want to talk about? Well, you know, would you rather a ham be made out of dead people or made out of poop? Oh, I, hmm. oh god, that is that is a question. philosophical question it that is. will keep you at, at awake at night. I'm telling you. Oh my god, that is insane. Oh, this is a good point. Just because you enjoy it doesn't mean it's a good movie. I guess he's talking about. Uh, are he's you talking, talking about, about Nemesis? I don't. I don't think so. I think he totally means. Uh, he's talking about one. Nemesis. I think he's talking about this one. No, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I hope I'm not. Geek filter, are you still there? If you wouldn't mind. Uh, if you're wondering, if you verify to... for this buffoon, please. Hey, watch that. Um, if you're watching for the first time or listening to the first time on the podcast version, we appreciate it. Please. Do rate us five stars on your uh, favorite streaming service that, that you're listening to our podcast on. Um, and we have another and comment. If you Gilgamesh. have seen Jillian Taylor, please call the authorities immediately. Yes. And if you happen to see a man in a strange white bathrobe, please keep your distance. He is armed and dangerous. And extremely dangerous. Uh, why transparent aluminum could be an industry game changer. Yes. Yes, it can be. I don't know how. I don't know how when they don't have whales on Vulcan. Who's to say they don't now? Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, you know what? We better grab one of those uh, whales. Just kidding. Yeah, you um, know, if that thing ever comes back, they're going to need like a, a spare or something. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty be. sure there's whales on a bunch of different uh, planets, planets everywhere. I'm pretty sure in the 32nd century, Booker has got some whales stashed away somewhere. I'm pretty sure the the Romulans totally took <coughs> oh yeah DNA and they got whales on their planet. Well, you know the whale that went with them was probably a turncoat trader anyway. Yeah, now it's sitting there in in shoulder pads and a in a bowl haircut. <laughs> <laughs> with the... 
The eyebrow. Let us go over here into this deep part of the pool and plot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the other question I always had regarding this movie, since you and Geek Filter and all the folks are here, is since the whale probe uh, wanted to speak to the whales, does that mean whales had gotten into an evolved species and took off planet Earth in that type of contraption or are whales an alien that had always lived on earth and we killed them off according to the book probe the uh the the citation probe the citation probe as they called it Mm -hmm. came from the other end of the galaxy it's it's millions of years old Mm -hmm. and was sent out into the galaxy by another race of citations who whenever they see them uh resemble dolphins with arms oh and uh this Ray sent the probe out because they were looking for other races like themselves. And it came to Earth several times and made contact with the whales. And whenever it came by the last time, it noticed that the planet had gone silent and it started to sterilize the surface. Wow. Because whatever killed the whales was still there. So it was there to kill humans. Oh, Again, wow. this is this is the book. It's not it's not canon. And it's been a while, so I may be getting some details wrong. But um, the uh, the race that sent the probe uh, had gone extinct as well. And so the probe had no no way of knowing that it was serving a dead race anymore. Holy smokes. And I, I believe, I could be getting this wrong, I believe that Spock ends up mind-melding with the probe at one point and communicating this to it. And it just decides to go out and continue its mission, but without the sterilization. So every time it finds a race of intelligent cetaceans, it just, it just signals, hello, would you like to talk? Wow. So it's a good book. I know, like I said, I know uh, the the author is not a fan of it because she had uh, creative control ripped away from her, but I enjoyed the book. I thought it was good. Interesting. Interesting. And we got some bad news in the chat. Um, he was talking about Nemesis, which is terrible because which Insurrection means, is the worst Star Trek movie. Which just means that Geek Filter is uh, intelligent. Insurrection is bad, but it's not it's as bad, bad as Nemesis. I mean, it was boring. And so I, was Nemesis. Nemesis wasn't boring. It was some pew Nemesis, pew. There was some pew pew, but there was also a lot of pu, as in bad decision. <laughs> I, I'm going to make that a, a which movie was worse poll on YouTube. You guys can go check that out on our Captain Squadron YouTube. And let us know, what do you think was the worst movie? Nemesis or Nemesis? <laughs> Star Trek. Nemesis. There's Star Trek. no, there's no. So there's would you no rate difference. five higher than those two? Absolutely, I would. Wow. Geek Filter? I would. Geek Filter also says, oh, was it Geek Filter? No, no, no. Aaron Sugar said, Nemesis is the only Star Trek movie I rate lower than all three Kelvinverse movies. I know. Harsh, but okay. That's very harsh, especially because... Nemesis isn't that bad. I thought it was it uh, is. better it is than the second. Um, it is that yeah. bad. You know what? It's funny. Like I always felt like the Kelvin universe casting was on point. Like I, I think that Star Trek 2009 and Star Trek Beyond are quality movies. Mm-hmm. The less we say about the middle one, the better. Yeah. I, I think that Nemesis is better than the middle one. For sure. No. Oh, come on. Like, no, no, no. Love for Nemesis. I know some of our other no. podcasters would agree with me, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. It's not too far off from the probe translations in the movie novelization. At one point, they were going to add that it's subtle, but text, test groups didn't like it. Um, subtitle. 
subtitles. Subtitle. Oh, I don't have glasses. Can you give me a break? Um, let's see. I rate Insurrection over five, but I like that one more than most. Insurrection? Really? I thought that was the most boring. Hmm. I know you have like a special hatred for five, Aaron Sugar. <laughs> and that's because... Five is bad, but it's not as bad as, as uh, Nemesis. I mean, Nemesis, uh, five or Insurrection? Wh- who, me? Five? Now yeah. what? Five, would you rather watch five? Would, which would go in the agony movie? Okay. Five or insurrection? It, if I had to rate them, Final Frontier, Insurrection, Nemesis, going from better to worse. Wow, really? Yes. It's interesting. Yes. Wow. That is insane. My hatred for five is personal. Yes. That's the big point of contention for... No, I'm not saying five's a quality movie. It's no. not. But if I had to choose which one, if I had two hours to die before I die and they said, choose a Star Trek movie, we have these three. (laughs) After about 15 minutes of crying and cursing, I would choose five because it's the best one out of those three. But that's like choosing, you know, which cancer would you like to have? Oh, God. (laughs) We have rectal, we have testicular and we have eye cancer. Which one would you like? Is eye cancer? That's terrible. Yes. Uh, is Insurrection the one that looks like it was filmed in an outlet mall at the Camarillo? Yeah, you know, with all the wardrobe that's left over from Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I hate that one. That's my. It's it's not it. good. It's it like you said. It's boring. It's so boring. And like, what pisses me off about? I know this is about four guys. I know. I know this is a. Sh- they <laughs> don't ever expect us to stay on topic. This is fire at will. <laughs> this is. If you don't understand the segment. You just need to get out. Don't get out. I'm just <laughs> like, kidding. No, no, don't leave. Um, I I can't stand insurrection. That and what annoyed me the most is you had F. Murray Abraham to go across Patrick Stewart, which should have been like a Shakespearean shit off, but instead it was just huh? What is it is it over? You know, what I mean? it was so boring. Um, they really didn't have that many scenes together though, did they? No, which I I, I think that uh uh I think Picard had more powerful scenes with Admiral Dowertry than he did with Ruafo. I agree. Just, you know, I, how many people does it take, Admiral? How many licks does it take to get to the center <laughs> of a Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop? Oh, my One? God. A hundred? A thousand? How many does it take? <laughs> I'm asking for real. I want to know. <laughs> um, a few years... Oh, let me put this up. A few years ago, my storage unit was broken into, and pretty much everything was taken, except when they went through the boxes, they took out the star trek five cup and left it in the middle of the floor <laughs> oh yeah that's that's like uh that story about the looting in this one city uh this they went through and they broke into a blockbuster video stole everything this this uh blockbuster video had five copies of star trek five ready to rent after the after the riot and the the shop had been just completely vandalized. There were 17 copies. <laughs> they brought it back. The riot was over Star Trek five. <laughs> yeah. It will never be better than Star Trek four. <laughs> I, I like to think that these movies have just been trying to be better than Star Trek four ever since Star Trek four. And none of them has succeeded, but some of them have tried. I think the greatest Star Trek movie, like I said, uh, oscillate between two and six. Six is a very high quality movie. I I think it is a worthy finale for the original crew. But Star Trek four is just Star Trek four. And it is so enjoyable. It is so light. It is a wonderful science fiction movie by itself. 
It has got that wonderful progressive message. It has the entire crew being featured the way they should have been featured in every movie. Yeah, that that's true. I won't give you 100%. And I, I just enjoy <laughs> it so much. Interesting. Interesting. I um, I love Star Trek Six for most of those reasons, but I got we got another dogfight and a standoff between Christopher Plummer and Kirk, a la uh, Ricardo Montalban and Kirk. In I'm, I'm going to take this off because my sweater is like too thick. <laughs> it just keeps slowly going down, <laughs> moving like, southward. Yeah, like, wait. eventually this is going to turn into a cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, it's just the wrong size. Oh no! I always thought that. <laughs> I was going to say I thought that Vader was pulling it using the Force. I no, know. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, um, my favorite is Star Trek Two <laughs> because Revengeance is Sith. Um, Revengeance. I said vengeance is sick. Oh, I could have sworn you said revengeance. I was. Just, I might have. I sometimes. Are we inventing new words today? Yeah, I, I think it's great that we have to invent. Ghost of Mary Travers is going to be very upset with us. I have to jump on. Fun show. See you, buddy. Don't jump too high. Right. Don't fall. So uh, you you drove him off by talking about Star Trek uh, Nemesis. I no no no. He he's a busy man. He's making comic books and uh, doing a lot of things. We're gonna have him on the show. But uh, before we go, I want to mention that we are gonna have a very special episode next week. We're gonna do a live section thirty one and a half. Jason, if you will, because uh, you could pronounce his last name better than I could. But there's a special author that I met at a recent convention, and that author is. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I uh remember. Keith, i don't remember his name i i've read his books though yes keith yes. Uh, keith d we're gonna call him keith d he's keith uh, d. yes rad on instagram he is a fantastic author you totally threw me under the bus you jack <laughs> hey it's live so it's always gonna be there oh my gosh just yes. i don't even know why i do this show anymore i just don't know that anymore true. just just one humiliation after the other Keith DeCandido. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. Yes. So we're going to have the wonderful author, Keith DeCandido, in section 31 and a half, as we have questions. And he is an amazing author. He's written many, many a Star Trek book and many, many a Star Trek comic, as well as Farscape, which is my uh, other go-to science fiction story in space did you ever watch farscape i did watch farscape i loved it it was like muppets on acid yeah exactly i think that's why i liked it so much so please join us next week this is going to be our first live interview this is going to be so much fun thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching please be sure to give us a rating and if you are watching for the first time we appreciate you coming by and saying hello but while you're doing so please give us a like it's free it helps us greatly it, uh, it's like a whale probe. Uh, the only thing that the algorithm is looking for are the likes. And, you know, they're endangered these days on the Internet. So if you give us a like, it'll help uh, the whale probe go and uh, save It the will help us continue to destroy things in our way. <laughs> yeah, it'll help me eat words. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we wouldn't be remiss without talking about our wonderful other things that are happening in the world of the Internet, especially on YouTube. And that is about your channel. 
Yes. My guess. Oh, the channel the comedy goes to die. Yes. It's adorable. I just love it's it. It's so super dark. You and all your little furry friends. <laughs> yes. Got my little my little three princesses and my my dirty Australian Santa Claus. I just love it so much. <laughs> yes. And speaking of the dirty Australian Santa Claus, we thank him for all the wonderful things that are happening on this channel, as well as you should go check out his channel with the very sharp uh Rick. They are on Pop Culture Spread, and every Friday, that's tomorrow, they will be talking about movie and streaming news every Friday night at 6.30 p.m. in the United States and Saturday at 9 a.m. in South Australia time. Be sure to join them. It's a lot of fun. And if you are Hoovian, please be sure to go and visit To Be Seen and check out the console room every Tuesday at 8 p.m. I believe we are diving into the wondrous world of River Song. Oh, hello, sweetie. Oh, oh, you're Hoovian too. I am a huge Hoovian. Oh, so uh, we're gonna have to talk about that off the show. Pew pew pew. <laughs> and pew pew. Yeah, there's no pewing in there. No. Hey guys, the merch issue about the figures. What are your thoughts? Oh, um, Playmates no longer has the rights to the merch. That's a very good point. This is a very yeah. Amazingly, <laughs> creating uh, action figures that we've had for thirty years was not a sound business policy. No, no. Mm. But on the flip side, a new company is making ships. Yes, yes. I can't remember the name of the company right now. I so apologize if you listen all the way to the end of this, and we're expecting we to have a, a name for that. But um, I. Do you remember the name of the company? I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, so hopefully we'll have an answer very shortly because he is a wizard of the keys, just like Scotty in Star Trek Four. <laughs> <clears throat> are we? But yes. Uh, Playmates uh, announced earlier this week that they are no longer going to be making Star Trek action figures. Uh, Fan Home is the is the Fan name. Fan Home, uh, which is super aggravating. Mm. because my prodigy figures are sitting on the mantelpiece of my fireplace waiting for rot talk and admiral janeway to join them and they never will and that oh. that that <clears throat> model of the protostar that they promised us two years ago is never going to get made quite honestly how does a property like star trek not get a toy line yeah even if it's made for adults they're terrible with merch they i mean are i had to reach out to a friend of the pod to get my uh, i'm sorry paramount should be all over it should have been right all now. over moopsy and i'm not gonna uh shout out the person that did this but you know they they host a a cast called the strange uh Pod, and I, I won't go further into that because I don't want them to yeah, get don't rat them out. I'm not going to rat them out, but they mm -hmm. did such a good job. And I want to go, oh, my God, you guys should get this from. But I definitely don't want her to get sued. So we're going to leave that out. But <clears throat> um, oh, and uh, tomorrow they are going to rip on the Golden Globes. So oh. please be sure to check them out. Are, um, are the Golden Globes still a thing? That's probably what he's going to be ripping on. It's like, why is this still a thing? Why are award shows a thing? I just yeah. don't get it. It's like, who cares? I Hollywood mean, patting itself on the back for three hours. I yeah. don't want to watch that. Yeah. I don't know why uh, they make it such a thing that's televised. It's like, why don't you just guys keep it to yourselves? Yeah, you know, we don't make care. Make anything. Yeah. And of course, they're like, why does the viewership for the Oscars go down every year? Because we don't care. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. We will be back next week again with the amazing Kevin Candido. And we're going to talk Star Trek books. It's going to be so much fun. All the books that he's written. So if you're going to be there, be sure to join us and have your questions ready. Take care. Thank you.